Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. You are here at Jill's Journals. I believe today is Friday, August 12th, 2022. I'm actually pretty sure, yep, I'm looking at my computer. It is August 12th, and I'm 99% sure it is Friday. So we're going to take a deep breath. Uh, Last podcast, I talked to you about fear and what that felt like. Uh, I'm going to do two parts. We're going to do today and tomorrow. So today is going to be an open-ended free, and tomorrow will be private paid. Uh, That's my intention. And uh, what I want to do today is kind of just a blurt of all the different things that are going on and the the uh, additional information about what we talked about and then tomorrow I want to get into the specifics of the how because what I've learned is the people who are invested are the ones who really want to do the work and so uh, I am going to uh, do the what and the why probably publicly and the how and the details uh, not because it's secret, esoteric, uh, obscure. It is, though it does take time and energy to collect and organize that information. So you are paying for a lifetime, 40 plus years of me uh, learning, collecting, and organizing information. Now the caveat is uh, I have the dog with me. I'm trying to sit on the floor and record this because uh, I have no place I can do recording anymore. And of course, the minute I sat down, the guy across the street started the chainsaw. So uh, I am in a flooded state. Uh, I wanted to say this because uh, we're going to be moving, you know, into a different uh, voice in a different way. And uh, and I really, you know, really, really like uh, women with ADHD uh, and who are the wired for danger. And so these are the issues that we face. And that's what I was talking to you about last podcast was what happens when you're flooded with fear and you normally uh, are flooded to fight Uh, and both of those are like overwhelming chemical reactions but in the day-to-day that where that makes you highly effective in a fighting situation it's like I am right now I am frustrated but I'm still flooded with chemicals because we had a little encounter about an hour ago which I'll tell you in a moment so I'm pulsating with hormones, stress hormones, cortisol, things like that, adrenaline. Uh, and I have a dog that is on fire because she doesn't ever shut down anymore. We've got some uh, training to do. Uh, and uh, I am exhausted both from the, the hormone flood, flood I just had and life in general. Uh, and so my emotional dysregulation, which means I don't have the capacity to shut myself off. I guess I, I didn't, I'm just learning these things the last year. I go from zero to 100, even when it's a minor issue. So uh, what was normal to me, I've learned isn't normal for other people, and that I have a Ferrari uh, of an emotional reaction system. So I go from zero to 100 very quickly, uh, and then I'm exhausted on the other side of that. But right now I'm probably at an 80 because I still have all those chemicals within me. I have got a dog I don't know what to do with right now and she's biting me and as you know with my editing setup right I only have one shot if she and she's taken to jumping and walking across the computer keyboard so uh, (laughs) there's a lot going on you know the guy across the street has started the uh, chainsaw I don't know if you can hear that in the background so there's just I'm super frustrated 
But the reason why I'm not waiting is twofold. One, I have all these issues around time and internet and things that are going on. And two, I really want to capture this uh, about why and what and how it relates to the bigger picture. So what happened a little while ago, I've talked to you about, if you listen to the July Grid Down series, you heard me talk about uh, you know, some practical stuff if the electricity goes out. And I think one of the things I covered was the reality that there would be, before we ate our pets, there would be roaming packs of dogs and how dangerous that can be. And right now, there are at least three or four packs of dogs that I know of. So when we go out and we walk in the morning, uh, I only have one direction I can go where I have not seen a pack of dogs. Well, here's what's really interesting. So we, I made a left turn, you know, off off our, our road here. And I went down a little way and there was a dead rabbit, like it was sleeping. So I let her sniff the rabbit to get used to that. And I walked a few more feet and I had this intuition, well, I need to turn around. And I'm like, no she's not getting tired even with a longer walk I can't turn around went a little further you know was letting her sniff uh, around instead of you know I try to walk fast first walk in the morning and I had an intuition you need to turn around and again I went no she really you know we barely even walked half a mile she needs more so I didn't turn around well about five minutes later uh, and I, it's a wavy road so there's up and down so over one of the crests in front of me I saw a dog, then I saw three dogs. She didn't see anything, then they saw me. Uh, then they started charging me, and they were a good ways away, so I had a few minutes to uh, uh, reach into my pocket. I got my pepper spray, I got ready. I, you know, I pushed her uh, towards the fence, because I've learned if there's dogs attacking you and you've got a dog on a leash in one hand, you've got to get that dog behind you against something they can't come up behind her. So luckily someone had built a fence with uh, not just barbed wire, but with those big squares, not chicken wire, but so the dogs can't go under the fence and come up and attack her from behind me. Because that's what the packs of dogs go at you front and back and there's not a lot you can do. So I, you know, I got us positioned, I was ready. Of course my hormones were all in fight and freak out mode and they're charging me uh, and I stepped forward and I said no. And God bless America and God bless God. They turned around and ran off. Now these were uh, kind of rangy looking dogs. They were two medium sized, one small. None of them had collars. They don't look like they're owned. So they're either owned by someone who doesn't really care or they've been dumped. And dumped dogs are scary because they're hungry. So one dog, not a big deal. A pack of three, there's not a lot you can do. Uh, the pepper spray is probably one of the more effective ones because they don't like it. You don't even have to spray them in the eyes if it's a dog you don't want to hurt. But in a full-blown attack, spray them in the eyes. But uh, you know, trying to beat them with a stick, I've told you that doesn't work. Uh, hitting them doesn't work. You know, stabbing them wouldn't work. And it would be really hard to shoot three dogs while they're attacking you and your dog. Uh, electric shock would work for one, but it would be very difficult to get all three. Uh, so I think pepper spray, I'm thinking, is pretty much the best way to go, uh, minding you don't get it on yourself. Because a few times I've used it on dogs at a distance, they just sort of go because they taste it in the air and they don't come back. So 
just as a sidebar recommendation, if you don't have pepper spray, I've been carrying it in my pocket, finally got into that habit because uh, there's so many loose packs of dogs up here and that will be an issue uh, as people get hungry and or if the grid goes down. But what happened after they left, after I relaxed because I saw them go you know, in, over away far enough, I could barely walk. My legs were like jelly from the adrenaline, from the intense fight uh, response. I was totally drained. And, you know, uh, and when I was younger, I would be jacked up for a really long time. I could take that adrenaline and I could work with it for a really long time. But because my body's so screwed up, uh, I completely went limp in my legs and I kind of hobbled home uh, thinking okay now what do we do I don't even have a direction I can walk her but for you I thought this is really important because these are these are old experiences I've had with a body I don't like or understand these days and part of it is aging part of it is autoimmune uh, and part of it is you know being in a chronic state of stress alert uh, on guard because there's so much going on in the world uh, that we're not uh, as resilient as we probably used to be, right? Like I didn't, I used to take my dogs out in the middle of nowhere all the time by myself and I never had problems. Uh, I've been here just a few months and this is what my fourth pack of roaming dogs I've encountered out walking. So uh, that's like one a month. That's a lot. So I just wanted to pass that on because that's what I'm going to talk about next time is uh, not just what's happening or why it's happening, but how do we deal with that? So I've been thinking a lot about how do I deal with this very different body in a very real world situation that's happening to us. But most people don't want to talk about or think about, they may talk about it, most people don't want to really do the work. They want to take the action required. Uh, you know, they want to control the dog, so they'll call the authorities, they'll call the pound, they'll call uh, 911, they'll go to somebody's house and yell at them, they'll shoot the dogs, right? Most of our problem solving efforts, sorry, she's into something, uh, are regarded around how can I make that thing I don't like stop bothering me? But we've entered into a world where that is no longer possible. Uh, I was listening to a news story that was shocking to me that is uh, the Ukrainian quote-unquote army, whatever that means, is shooting missiles at their own nuclear plant or the Russian plant, I don't, you know, I don't understand the names, uh, in the attempt of using a strike as a tactical nuclear detonation. Russia's been there, they've seen the evidence, they've responded to the nuclear authorities, whoever, um, you know, uh, keeps an eye or, uh, I want to say moderates, but you know, I can't think of the word. Uh, anyways, whoever is regulating and keeping an eye, overseeing that area to come out and check it, I don't know if they will or not, they haven't had a direct hit yet, because if they do have a direct hit, within 14 days, the United States will be covered with radiation fallout. Now, 
you know, I'm sitting here talking to you about a dog pack, right? Because that's my immediate threat. Uh, but that comes and goes, and I, you know, can handle it, hopefully, with just a little bottle of pepper spray and not walking in that direction. I can't do anything about a nuclear fallout. Uh, you know, that's, that's happening versus the threat of nuclear war breaking out, either on us or next to us. But that's one of those incredibly stupid ideas by people. Of course, she had to start chewing on something loud. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Uh, but that's just one of those ideas by people who are so stupid and short-sighted and so hyper-focused on what they think they need now with no regard, but more importantly, no care. They don't care. There's no care about what happens to anybody else. It's only about winning. It's not only about being right. It's only about the moment and their focus, which has nothing to do with what's going to happen to the rest of us. That's really terrifying. And so when I talk about these basic nervous system responses of fight, flight, freeze, you know, the radiation thing makes me freeze up because there's like zero things I can do about that. I'm not going to live in a sealed trailer for however long uh, you have to stay sealed up in your home. I have a million leaks, you know, and I left them there so I don't die from uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, you know, with the propane in the wood. And so I can't do anything about that. There's nowhere I can go run to. There's nowhere to really hide because the fault, you know, other than maybe deep in the southern hemisphere, this is happening. And so we have the same chemical response to these, you know, diametrically opposite experiences. One is tiny. It's just about me. Uh, and it's visceral. I can see, hear, feel, and I almost felt it. Uh, versus this abstract thing that's happening overseas very far away that will reach me but will be completely invisible. Uh, and there's nothing I can do about it. And so the fear response, the freeze response, and the fight response, whichever one you have to perceived danger, is real. And what do you do with that? What do you do with this constant onslaught of be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid? And 99% of it we can't control. We keep, we keep, you know, we stockpile guns, we stockpile ammunition, we stockpile supplies, we try to stockpile food, we try to hunker down, we try to hide. Uh, but my takeaway from this, you know, grid down experiment was screw that, you know, F the apocalypse. I want to live and I will not live in my fear response anymore. The question I have is how do I transition out of this fear response and this freeze response about a million things I can't control into a fight response or even more positive uh, what I just sort of came up with was a focus and flow response moving myself forward as opposed to getting uh, you know, hunker down thinking, well, maybe this all will blow over. And part of that is, uh, you know, really difficult because it, you know, it requires some internal mental, emotional changes that maybe I, you know, I'm not ready to make. And so, uh, you know, 
I'm talking about this because this is the other thing that was going on this morning. Uh, you know, I'm, I need to start working again. You know, I took a break. Uh, I'm still really tired and I'm going to try and make a video about this later. Uh, is, is I'm in this place where I'm calling it, you know, my cliffhanger moment, you know, in the story. The Grid Down event project showed me that I'm not going to survive uh, in a Grid Down event. I don't have the energy to survive, but what's true in real life for me also, separate from all of that, I don't have the energy to live this kind of life and to do everything I want to do for work and have any joy. Uh, when I, you know, before Freedom died, I was sitting, you know, sort of pseudo playing with Haven, you know, watching him sit with me, writing in my journal, and I wasn't happy inside. There was no joy, and that's my my only real happy place is in the morning with my coffee and my journal before the day begins, right? Because that's my favorite part of the day, and I had no joy in her, in him, in my coffee, in my journal, and you know, I just thought I can't live this way. This is not how I want to live, and part of what I've learned being with other people is that I have no joy. All I do is work until I can't and then I wait for the next day. I can't get through my basic survival stuff. Uh, right now I'm trying to reshuffle the, the trailer. I have to do a uh, summer to winter shift because all my electronics and batteries and everything I have that can't get cold has got to come back up to the front. Uh, but I don't have very much space up here, so it's a constant reshuffling of what's going in the back, what's coming in the front, and then I try to do a really good clean. And so I, you know, was on the ground trying to clean the floor and corners and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I have so little energy, right? By the time I was had to quit because I was too tired, you know, I have ideas for you. I have information I want to share. I have projects I want to embark on. I have zero energy to do that. And I don't want to live this way anymore. And so, you know, what I had shared is I'm attempting to do this carnivore, animal-only product process. I'm about a week into it. And uh, this transition has been way better than the one I tried in 2019. I'm infinitely more prepared for it than I was. Uh, so it's not been as difficult. And I'm starting to have tiny tiny bits of energy return so you know I'm only a week so it takes you know like two to th two to four weeks to convert your body to be basically able to burn ketones and body fat it takes 90 days for your entire body to convert into a ketone and fat burning so where all your systems are converting so my brain isn't really doing it yet so I'm still having uh, you know a lot of fog and headaches but uh, t but my legs aren't as tired and I instead of pooping out at 9 a.m. I pooped out at 11 a.m. so I'm having little tiny rays of hope and so I have enough energy in the morning to journal about all this ideas that I have about what I want to do and how I want to do it and where I want to go and I've shared a lot of that with you and I do this over and over and uh, but I came to this cliffhanger moment that if I can't turn my lack of energy around I can't do either one I can't survive at this living like this I can't work and I sure as hell can't do both if this doesn't work I've tried everything 
I don't know what else to do. I only know I can't move forward the way I've been operating in the past. And the, way, the reason I'm calling this a real cliffhanger moment is, uh, you know, part of life itself is really about process and there is no beginning or middle and end. There's no, you know, life in the eternal sense is not linear. But our story, the stories we like to watch, the stories we listen to, must have a beginning and a middle or an end, and we don't enjoy them. We want closure. We want satisfaction. And, you know, I started on this experiment a long time ago about, well, wouldn't it be really interesting, instead of having a linear beginning, middle, and end, what if we did something that was more uh, real-time, but that didn't work. It's not connecting. It just didn't happen. And people either want to fix things or they get frustrated because I'm not resolving things or I'm not going in the direction they want. And so, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my own storytelling. But as I was, you know, ticking off all my super fabulous ideas and thoughts and abstractions and I'm making my list of super practical stuff that has to get done uh, with the realization I can't do both on the same day, much less probably in the next two weeks. Uh, which do I choose? Do I choose, you know, getting food organized so we can eat? Do I choose podcasts? Do I choose videos? Uh, I can't do all of it. And so right now, I'm having my own cliffhanger in my own story. If this energy and exhaustion and fatigue thing does not turn around for me, I have no idea what I'm going to do, how I'm going to move forward. If it does, I have a super fantastic, awesome version of how I want to move forward. So I'm in my own cliffhanger moment. And Uh, The reason I'm sharing that is that, you know, part of what I was sitting around, uh, you know, going off on my own mental tangent, which is what I love to do, uh, you know, all the good stuff's in my journal. And, you know, I've talked to you about before this idea, this visualization, and if you're new, uh, that really where we are in this moment in time is that slowly, one by one, we're waking up to this idea, which is really kind of a fact, is we are locked in the basement with a serial killer. Now, if you think about that, you can sort of extrapolate that we're on a planet in a world where we are being shown that we don't have control of our bodies. Uh, You know, they're jacking up the whole IRS thing. We're not going to have control of our money as they put out the social credit system to control our money, to crash the dollar, forcing us into a digital Uh, We don't have control of our food. We don't have control of our home. We can't own anything. Even the land isn't technically owned by us. Uh, We don't have freedom of speech. Our our prison that is being revealed to us, which is really the equivalent of sort of coming into consciousness and finding out that well, wait, wait a minute, I somehow I got knocked out, and as I'm waking up from one reality where I had a life I'm in this other reality where I'm just discovered I'm in the basement locked up there's nowhere to go unless you can find a way to go live in space or underwater I'm locked up in a world in which there's a whole bunch of people things ideas and situations that are trying to kill me 
Now granted we all die, but it's very different when you feel like someone's coming after you. And that brings us back to the nervous system response and the experience I described in the last podcast when I was so flooded with fear I realized I was incapable of doing anything. I was helpless in the face of a moment in which I couldn't even connect my trailer and drive off. I mean, I could have gotten in my car, but you know what I mean. Uh, Now with the dogs, it was small enough and containable enough, and I thought enough about it, I moved into my fight response, because I'd rather go down fighting than just lay down and have the dogs eat me, right? But that overwhelming flood of fear is what happens to almost everybody you know when they wake up and they're tied up and some serial killer is about to do their thing and that's the energy that the serial killer wants that's what they crave they want to feel that fear that flood of fear in you that's the energy that they're wanting from you. And when we're talking about what's going on in the world right now, there is no physical action that will keep you safe. This is a spiritual war. We hear that over and over. Uh, How you define that, whether it's angels and demons, whether it's jinn, whether it's, uh, you know, extraterrestrials, whatever, you know, if it's... uh, dimensional it doesn't really matter which words you use it's all non-physical and it's all energetic and you know that's not an arena that a lot of people are comfortable in because they really want to be able to buy a gun and shoot their way out Uh, you know if aliens with better technology showed up they still wouldn't be able we wouldn't be able to shoot our way out right the the time of shooting our way out of violence of direct conflict fighting our way with our stuff, our bombs, our weapons, our biological warfare, all that stuff is coming to a close and the way out is an energetic thing and that's why I'm talking about the nervous system because what I said in that last podcast I think was very powerful. Are you a passenger in the car, your body, where you're being driven by an automated nervous system that is responding to signals that you have no input into. It's feeding off your fear to drive it forward. Or are you the energy source? Are you driving your own car? Are you deciding what you want to use as fuel? Is it fear? Is it fight? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it focus? What is your fuel source? And this is the question you know I'm having because all of my issues right now are around energy. Money is energy, you know, physical energy is energy, food is energy, health is energy. Uh, everything comes down to a form of energy and a form of fuel for that. And that's how you can look at the complexities of what's going on, whether it's the radiation in uh, Ukraine that's possibly coming to be floating over to us in the next few weeks, or whether it's a dog charging down the highway, or whether it's an invisible uh, idea, like a floating speck of radiation that you don't know, or a virus that you don't know, floating around, It all evokes the same chemical reaction within your body. 
And the only thing I know 100% is that my fear flooding me and then I'm getting freezing up in it is never the answer. There's a time to freeze, there's a time to, to run, and there's a time to fight. My body is wired to fight, but there are times when running away is the right thing to do. But what my personal experience was is I was so flooded with fear and so many of my choices have embedded me in a physical situation of a big trailer that's so unmaneuverable I can't stand it uh, and a bunch of stuff that I can never get organized. I couldn't run away unless I just left everything behind. Like all those walk away plans that I have packed up in the back were useless if I had 10 minutes to get up and get out of here. And that's, you know, that's my error. But at the same time, I am so hyper aware of the deepness of my own fatigue. And even though I know all this stuff, I can't do anything. And the question I've been asking myself is, what is the higher spiritual purpose of my not having any energy? And what my sense is, is that I chose to focus on survival instead of fight, which is what I'm wired to do, that I have depleted myself because to me, survival and preparedness is more of a hunker down and hide out and observe fo form of being. It's not an up on the front line fight form of being. Now, I don't know if that's real or not. I'm just sort of thinking this as we talk right now. Uh, and the reason I'm sort of oversharing like way too personal information here is because this is the real work. The real work isn't to figure out how to stop the Ukrainians from doing what they're doing. That's not our job. You know, you and me sitting here have no control over that. And we can only be, we can only choose how we want to respond one way or the other. And that's the work of our soul. That's the work of our heart. That's the work of our spirit. Uh, you know, the, the body is going to die one way or another. And so we have to decide what's more important, how I live as a human body in this world or what I can take with me. Because my guess is what we take with us is the real gold, is the real value. But our world focuses on the real gold and the real value of things that we can touch. I believe the real focus is what we can take with us after we no longer can touch anything. And that's energy, that's spirit, that's non-physical, that's ethers. And so that's not a place most people want to live. But we still are all having a very real survival experience. And I do not have, you know, some kind of fast and loose answer for you. What I do know is I am at a cliffhanger in my own story. And that story is I can't move forward in the way I have been in the past. It's no longer, I mean, I'm at a point now, you know, both my computers are broken. Uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, some people have donated some money and I was able to purchase a Chromebook computer that is, you know, better than the one I have that should be able to edit basic video. But my Mac video, that's like, uh, I'm not even sure I can get another one up. So any video that you see 
that's got any editing in <laughs> uh, is a limping, the last limping along of my Mac. But basically, uh, I'm pretty much ready to just uh, go ahead and clear the hard drive and get rid of it because it's cracked, it doesn't work, uh, you know, it just takes up space. Uh, we'll see. I still do my graphics on it, so it, it can still type and do graphics on it. But everything's breaking. Uh, the world is breaking apart. So I don't feel like this is just my issue. Uh, a lot of people are at a breaking point. A lot of people are at a uh, make it or break moment. Like this is it. You know, it's only going to get worse moving forward. Uh, how we move forward is just up to us. And, you know, the key of all of this that I was just started this podcast with was I had two warning signals. Jill, turn around. Jill, turn around. I did not turn around because my agenda was to get the dog walked to try to calm her down because I can't get any work done because she's in hyper mode all the time. So my frustration drove my decision, which could have resulted in the death of my dog. Now, luckily, you know, it didn't go that way. But it also gives me a really good story to tell you because there's just not much you can do with a puppy against three dogs and a little bit of pepper spray. So it's, uh, we are moving into a brutal reality that is energetically, the equivalent of being of waking up to find out you were locked in the basement with a serial killer and most people are going to freeze up or they're going to be so overwhelmed with fear like I have been in these aha moments that you are completely debilitated and that has freaked me out because that is not who I am. So my question to myself is, have I let all of this gone on, go on too long? Have I depleted myself so badly that I can't get out of this energetic hole? It's not a stuff hole. It's not a money hole. It's not a, there's nothing that can happen. There's no uh, pill. There's no doctor. There's no amount of money. There's no place I can move to. There's nothing physical, external in my world that can fix what's going on inside my body right now. It's at this point, it's a make it or break it, whether I understand this and heal or I just, this is it for me. So, uh, like I said, I don't have any good answers, but this to me is the stuff of life this is why I wake up in the morning not to be famous not to be rich not to be successful not to have the perfect relationship not to have the perfect body not to have perfect health not to have a perfect dog and a perfect video and a perfect YouTube and a perfect Substack and have everybody like me and adore me I don't care about any of that all I do when I wake up in the morning is I want to know what is the truth and what do I need to do in relationship to it. And most people don't wake up because they don't really, with that kind of idea because that's not important. 
because it's not tangible it's not here it's not now and the journey of that process is hard to take but I've learned it's even harder to watch someone else do so God bless those of you who have stuck with me through all of this uh, who have supported me with incredible generosity with incredible unconditional uh, not asking anything who are getting value from my oversharing moments and my insights uh, I am so grateful and appreciative and have so much gratitude for you uh, you know the truth is is if I had wanted money and I wanted to be successful uh, I could have packaged this all up in a way that people wanted to hear the information uh, gone to the crowds that would pay me you know six hundred a thousand dollars an hour uh, I always could have done that but what was more important to me was what is the truth and that journey is usually very difficult but what's so powerful about this lifetime is this lifetime this moment what we're experiencing as horrible as it's going to probably be is like a one in a million lifetime that you get to learn and observe and experience in the transformation of what your heart your spirit your soul can really come to understand and that is the only thing that we take with us and I hope that that's important to you so with that we're going to take a deep breath I'm going to try to get the second podcast out tomorrow for those of you who are paid subscribers and I want to focus on some of the more practical things I walked away with on how to transform that intense fear uh, instead of being completely debilitated like I was into a more proactive functional uh, driving the car versus being run over by the car <laughs> so deep breath my friends and I will see you next time <laughs>